0: I had an unforgettable experience that still sends shivers down my spine. You see, I own a cozy condo at Smuggler's Cove near Newport, Oregon, nestled amidst the beauty of nature. Little did I know that this serene getaway would become the backdrop for an encounter that defied all logic and reason. It all began when my friend Michael, who also happened to be a park ranger, shared a chilling report with me. He had encountered something truly extraordinary at Smuggler's Cove. Eager to explore the mystery further, I decided to visit the area and witness it for myself. I arrived at my condo, situated near a tranquil lake, accompanied by my sister April, her husband, and their young son. The peacefulness of the surroundings set the stage for an idyllic vacation, or so we thought. One evening, as the sun began to set, we gathered on the balcony, enjoying the breathtaking view of the lake. Suddenly, something caught our attention a figure emerged from the dense foliage on the opposite side of the lake. It was unlike anything we had ever seen before. Towering and robust, this creature appeared to be a Bigfoot. The creature possessed no discernible neck and was covered in long, jet black hair, which swayed with each powerful stride it took. As it walked along the edge of the lake, it seemed to move with an uncanny grace, despite its immense size. The sight was both mesmerizing and terrifying. As we stood there awestruck, our initial disbelief transformed into a shared sense of awe and bewilderment. It wasn't just my own eyes that witnessed this enigmatic creature. My sister April, her husband, and their son were equally captivated by the sight before us. Time seemed to stand still as we watched the Bigfoot navigate the surroundings with an almost supernatural presence. Its existence defied all rational explanation. We were witnessing a phenomenon that challenged the boundaries of our understanding. Our hearts raced, and a mix of fear and fascination gripped us. We exchanged nervous glances, realizing that our lives were forever changed by this encounter. It was a moment that would bind us together in a shared secret, forever etched in our memories. In the days that followed, we tried to make sense of what we had witnessed. I wasn't exactly hunting. I had a nice 94 Camaro, and I needed new tire due to being a stupid teenager with a powerful car. I knew where I could get some nice tires, but I had to steal them from a guy that once stole my car and drove it into a lake. We parked across the highway in a clearing in front of a cornfield. We got there, we each grabbed a tire, and was working on throwing them in the car when we heard like a croaking noise. We looked over and saw something very human-like, but like three foot tall that ran fast as shit out of the corn and into the distance all within about three seconds. We all saw it and no one believes us. We got the tires in the car and got the hell out of there fast. Not exactly spooky, but when I was in boot camp, I was in ship six name of the barracks about three months after they reopened it. It had been closed for about five years prior and was still going through renovations while we were there. Around midnight to 4, weird shit would happen. It was likely the symptom of sleep deprivation, but you'd always hear footsteps, occasionally see something moving outside the porthole on the door to the open bay and everyone on the second and third decks swore they saw either a recruit or horse walking around up there. Thing is, some dude did kill himself in that building a couple years before they closed it, or so I've been told. At my current station, though, there's a bunch of vampire deer that make it onto base, and last year when I was on nights, there was a deer that light the parking lot outside my building. We have cameras that cover said parking lot, and I once saw that deer looking up at the camera for a minute or two. At first it was spooky to see a deer with fangs look right back at me, but then it got kind of cool and unsettling. This was about five years ago. Me, my mom and my dad were camping at Mary Jane Thurston State Park, just outside Grand Rapids, Ohio. It was around the end of August, the beginning of September. Our campsite was in the front part of the campgrounds. Leading up to the two separate incidents, we occasionally heard what we thought could have been a bird of some kind screaming or screeching up in the trees, or at least it sounded like it was coming from the top of the trees. We'd hear it almost every night, but in a different location. We'd hear it in the trees behind us one night. Then the next night, it would come from the other end of the campgrounds, then the night after we'd hear it from across the road. I've listened to the sounds of different animals, including owls, to see if that was the noise we heard, but nothing is even close. Occasionally, we'd hear what sounded like branches being snapped, but thought nothing of it. I had my own tent, and that detail is somewhat important as it factors into the second incident. First incident my dad woke up in the middle of the night to what sounded like someone was rummaging through the ice chest which was sitting between our tents he said he then heard whoever or whatever it was shut the cooler and walk away he told me and my mom about it the next day the odd thing was that nothing was missing from the cooler second incident happened the night after the first one i had a little small tv and my game console in my tent I was watching a movie when I hear something approach our campsite. Whatever it is went through the cooler again. I could hear the ice moving around as it was rummaging through the cooler. I was as stlll and as quiet as possible. But whoever, or I should say whatever it was new, I was awake because it decided to put its massive hand on the side of my tent and push it in. I was frozen with fear and didn't know what to do. It felt like forever but was only about 20 seconds before it took its hand from my tent and walked away. I didn't even think about looking for tracks the next day. We don't have bears in this part of Ohio, so I definitely know it wasn't a bear. This thing didn't take anything from the ice chest despite going through it twice. I know when it put its hand on my tent and pushed it in a little, I was frozen with fear. We know it wasn't some homeless person or anyone else because there was maybe five campsites that had anyone and they were in the back part of the campground. In August of 2010, I had my very own sighting of something similar while working third shift patrol with another deputy for Dallas County Precinct 3 Constable's Office near Forney, Texas. At the time, I was stopped at the intersection of County Road 298 and Still Bridge Road facing eastbound on CR-298 with my emergency lights activated. As I scanned the surroundings, I noticed something unusual moving northbound off to my left in a small wooded area. Initially, it appeared to be a large armadillo or some other rodent-seeking shelter in the brush. However, it quickly became apparent that this creature was different. It was agile and swift, moving through the thick undergrowth with remarkable speed. Though it didn't seem overly large at first, it maintained a safe distance as it zigzagged between the trees, steadily approaching me at approximately 15 miles an hour. What struck me most was its long mane and shaggy hair, reminiscent of a horse, but its movements were unlike anything I had ever witnessed. It seemed almost alien and robotic, walking upright on two legs, covering ground with long strides akin to someone running through tall grass pretending to be Tarzan. As the creature drew nearer, about 65 feet away from my location, I decided to step out of my vehicle. At that moment, I could hear dogs barking in the distance. Seemingly at the same time, this creature emerged from the trees on the other side of CR 298. It locked eyes with me momentarily, its expression suggesting surprise or regret, before swiftly retreating into the brush, disappearing from sight. Estimating its height at around 5 feet, and noting its slender build and thick hair, I remained at the scene for about 15 minutes, half expecting it to reappear on the other side of the brush. However, it never did. Despite the proximity between us, separated only by a ditch and several trees, I didn't sense any aggression directed towards me. If the creature harbored any ill intentions, it could have easily reached me. In that area, residents frequently report sightings of stray dogs and feral hogs, as people often discard unwanted pets into those woods. However, nobody seems to know the true identity of this enigmatic creature. Perhaps the abandoned pets serve as a food source for this mysterious entity. Furthermore, a third deputy also reported seeing tracks believed to be from the same creature in a similar location. Unfortunately, after several weeks of attempting to relocate the tracks, they were lost. It surprises me that this phenomenon is not more widely known, especially considering the number of reports made over the years by numerous individuals in the area. Some witnesses even claim to have heard blood-curdling screams resembling a woman being murdered, emanating from deep within those very woods. Despite thorough investigations, no evidence of violent deaths or missing persons matching these descriptions has ever been found. Official explanations for these events typically range from wild dogs and coyotes to escaped exotic pets like monkeys and lions. However, some locals entertain the possibility of an undiscovered species, such as a Sasquatch or an undocumented breed of primate. The only clue we have ever stumbled upon was a single set of prints later identified as belonging to a man's work boot, likely dropped accidentally during his normal duties. It leaves us wondering if there truly is something out there, lurking right under our noses, waiting to be discovered. In 1995, my marine company woke up before sunrise at 29 Palm Springs. It was around 5.30 in the morning, and we were all gathered sitting on our backpacks, awaiting orders. Suddenly, our attention was captured by five brilliant lights emerging from behind a hill roughly 200 feet away. These lights swiftly ascended into the sky without making a sound. Then they started moving in a serpentine manner for several minutes before vanishing from our sight in an instant. Everyone in the company witnessed this phenomenon, including our company commander. To our surprise, he called for a company formation in the dark night, which was quite unusual. Once we were assembled, he addressed us, saying, Listen, we all saw it, and we know what it was. Don't ever speak about this to anyone outside of this company while you're still enlisted. I'll handle it myself. So stay quiet, and let's prepare for the patrol. The commander's reaction left us with a sense of intrigue and caution. It was clear that something out of the ordinary had occurred, and he wanted to keep it strictly within our ranks. We followed his instructions and kept the incident to ourselves. Our focus shifted to preparing for the patrol ahead, suppressing any lingering thoughts about the mysterious lights in the dark desert sky. Reflecting back on that experience, it remains a haunting memory, something that happened in the depths of the night, sparking curiosity and leaving us with unanswered questions. I had pitched the tent for the night and was in bed, not yet asleep, was hunting by myself. I heard some commotion outside and thought it to be elk. Next there was debris being thrown at my tent, rocks not big enough to break through. The area was very rocky and was not a slide. I heard some movement above me. I was camped right about 75 yards max from the canyon down into Valsett's Valley. Anyway, I kind of just freaked out. It stopped and I went to sleep. The next morning I looked around and found a few rocks laying around, nothing bigger than maybe a baseball. On October 21, 2015, my father fell out of a tree stand. He was not properly harnessed and fell as soon as he started to get down. He hit against several thick branches and broke two parts of his spine and an arm, collarbone and nose. If his face had been facing slightly to the left, his nose bone would have been projected into his brain and he would be dead. It is a miracle that he survived, but he was far from help and was alone, broken and bloody for hours. He manages to somehow drag himself far enough to the edge of the woods to call for help. He had to get two titanium rods put in his back and undergo several surgeries to ensure that he would be able to continue walking. It took over a year and a half for him to achieve any semblance of recovery. On October 21, 2017, he was in a tree stand again. This time, a defect in the stand caused it to collapse in him and his infinite wisdom was again unharnessed. He was once again falling from a tree. He was lucky as the rods in his back prevented his spine from breaking again and he was closer to the ground than last time. However, he did still break one of his knees and shatter half of his hip. This time he was able to call for help on a phone he had with him. He has been an addict all of his life and is now but a shell of his former self. An opiate abuser, there is truly no chance for him to recover. While he can walk, his posture is permanently hunched. He looks a hunchback. He moves like an 80-year-old man. He is 44. His pain is permanent and so that he cannot even function without the pills he abuses. These accidents have completely destroyed any semblance he could have if a normal life. I myself have never been interested in hunting, but I can say with confidence that he will never step foot in a tree or perhaps a forest for that matter, ever again. My father saw his death and narrowly evaded it twice. Hunting is not a safe sport. It can be dangerous and in not too extreme cases fatal. Be careful. Long story short, I was walking my dog at night when I saw in the forest, lit up by the orange street lamps, what looked like a deer standing up, but when I looked at its head, I couldn't understand its face. As in, its head face was sort of shrouded in darkness, as if my mind couldn't comprehend what it was seeing. Strange, but explainable. Last night, years after that encounter, nothing strange had happened up to now. I was sleeping, my bedroom situated facing the road, with my windows open. I am normally a deep sleeper, but I woke up to the loud sound of bird noises. At first I thought nothing of it, simply birds calling in the middle of the night. But over time, I noticed something. It's hard to describe, but it sounded as if about every five seconds or so, there would be a different bird call. And the calls weren't different sounds, as in certain birds make different pitched noises or hoot, etc. Instead, it was the same whistling noise, not like a whistle blowing, but instead like the noise a songbird would sing but in different arrangements for an hour straight. It was very loud, loud enough that I covered my head with two pillows and was still woken. It was just repeating the same 50 different calls or so in the same order. It was as if one type of bird was imitating the different calls it heard over and over in the same order. The noise was about 25 feet away coming from the thicket next to my house. There was no sound but the calling noise. No crickets chirped, no frogs called. Hell, no cars drove through the neighborhood. I also faintly remember the smell of rotten eggs, but this may have been a trick my panicked mind played on me. Eventually it stopped and I fell back asleep, terrified. I had kept my eyes tight shut. I woke up again about 15 minutes later, hearing the sound seemingly further away down the street, but again in the same exact order. Then later through the night, I heard the noise again either in the same spot as before and louder, or right outside my window. I faced away from the window and kept my eyes shut, horrified, but in such a tired state that I simply stayed put, not able to think of anything else. What the F was that? Does anyone have an explanation for this? I know my description may sound strange, but it's hard to put in words. All I know for sure was that it was not natural. This wasn't a bird, or crickets, or a frog, no. It was something else. Edit Nah, I was wrong on that last part. After checking out a few links and watching a few videos, I think that it was a mockingbird. I've never heard or seen one before, and it was pretty scary hearing its noises right outside for hours and having absolutely no idea what was making those noises. I'm happy now that I know I can keep a window open overnight. I guess this goes to show that a lot of things on this subreddit have rational explanations to them. It's important that we criticize and try to explain stories here, so that we can find what truly is irrational and try to come to an answer about these things. On a routine patrol on my Coast Guard cutter in the Eastern Pacific, late at night a few hundred miles offshore, I'm on the helm, and the late-night bridge watch conversations are the usual. People telling a few spooky stories. The radio crackles suddenly, and everyone shuts up, since it's monitoring Channel 16, which is international hailing and in distress. We get static for 20 or 30 seconds, then singing. Someone is singing nonsensibly into their radio. It stops. After a while, and we all kind of freak out. Later in the watch, the bridge windshield wipers turned on on their own. The ocean at night is weird. My wife, my daughter, and I joined our troop for a Cub Scout Halloween event at a Boy Scout camp in Colorado. It's a large hilly area tucked away in the canyons. There are lots of campsites up the hill, but further down the road are some cabins. We were allowed to stay there for the night since it's more comfortable than tents. Well, these cabins are about a one-quarter mile away from any of the other buildings or tent areas. So we are nowhere near the rest of the group, and it's just the three of us in the cabin. We get ready for bed, and as I'm starting to fall asleep, I realize how eerily quiet it is. It is completely still outside. No wind, no rustling of trees, etc. Well, I eventually fall asleep. I am then awoken very suddenly by a scream inside the room. I sit up and ask my wife if she is okay. She responds yes and checks on our daughter. She is fine. It is now dead quiet again. No noise. The scream is gone. So in a panic I start walking around the room in the dark. Nothing in the room but us. Maybe it came from outside. So I peek out the window and out the front door. No movement, nothing. But it's pitch black. I can't see anything. Time to buck up the courage, grab my phone as a flashlight and go check outside. I stand there frozen for a minute and finally work myself up to grab my phone and go outside. I grab my phone, turn on the screen and see a Halloween update alert from the Simpsons mobile game. What I heard was Homer Simpson screaming from my phone because one of my buildings was done in the Simpsons game needless to say i uninstalled that game and haven't played it since it took a good two hours for my wife and i to call back asleep my girlfriend and i were fishing at a stone quarry in sugar grove illinois on may 5 1988 that was pretty much surrounded by cornfields and some small patches of light forest and shrubbery the sun had just set and we were behind stone walls inside the small quarry, so it was getting darker a little faster. On one side of the quarry, the stone wall was elevated 40 feet. That is the side we face while fishing while the area behind us slowly rose to a cornfield edged by shrubbery and small trees. The edge of the trees and shrubbery is about 15 to 20 yards behind us. We were sitting on the edge of the water contemplating packing up when all of a sudden we heard this very loud roar, and I mean loud. It made us both jump up instantly. It roared howled again. I could see the outline of a creature with a large head and large eyes. I grabbed my flashlight and shined it at the creature. It had very large greenish-orangish oval eyes. It roared again, and you could see very large predator-like teeth. Then it moved through the trees and shrugged so fast, we could not see it move until it was at its next destination. Then it roared again. It had a roar that was not like anything that lives on this planet, especially in Illinois. I can still mimic the sound that it made. It was very scary. The creature was at its closest ten yards and maybe fifty yards at its furthest. The eyes reminded me of a large reptile. The next day, I went back with my friend to see if I could see anything or any signs of anything. I could not see anything such as tracks or broken limbs. Nothing. My buddy and I started fishing. We were there about an hour when it started to get dark again. We packed up and started to walk up the short path to my jeep when we both stopped in our tracks. Coming across the cornfield at treetop level was a craft. It had several lights on it. And it had a large light that shined on us for a few seconds. Then it made a forty five. Five-degree turn and went out of the atmosphere in the blink of an eye. The craft we saw did not have a sound. We were pretty much surrounded by the stone quarry. We could hear a pin drop on the other side, but this craft did not have a sound. My encounter happened in July of 1996 in the Trinity Mountains of Northern California. My roommates and I are up for summer break from Humboldt State University, and we decided to go backpacking for the weekend, as we often do. We originally planned to visit the Ruth Lake Trailhead, but it was raining hard, and our group decided to ask the rangers at the forest station where there was a good place to hike. My roommates from the Los Angeles area decided to be smart asses to the ranger, at which I was mortified as my dad spent many summers as a park ranger in Crater Lake, Oregon and Mount Rainier. Washington, I remember the ranger taking offense, and I saw a gleam in his eyes when he pointed out a nice hike for you all. He sent us to a trailhead in the Trinity Alps. I only recalled this after the encounter, racking my brain to try and figure out how we ended up in such a surreal situation. We hiked about five miles up Steed Canyon and found a flat piece of real estate next to the Raging Creek. There were some nice granite slabs that we hung out on and bathed from that afternoon, careful not to get swept away by the swollen creek. At around ten that night, we were sitting around a pre-existing campfire on some logs that had been arranged around it in a square. We had all heard voices of what we thought were some people approaching our camp from above. We got ready to greet other backpackers, but realized that they were coming from the top of the mountain down a very steep slope not the trail that followed the creek of the canyon. Their voices were deep and sounded like the samurai chatter as I've heard it described in other accounts. I couldn't understand it, of course, but the tone was unmistakable. Basically, someone is in our territory and we're not happy about it. I directed my crappy flashlight after silhouettes as they skirted our campsite and caught a pair of eyes locked on me. They were whitish yellow, large, and far apart. My reaction was one of disbelief in the basic mindset that I seemed to adopt for the rest of the encounter, which I now suppose to be a survival instinct that helped me keep my sanity, is now this isn't really happening to me. I kept telling myself this over and over throughout the encounter. I swung my flashlight off the spot, and then when I came back to it the eyes were gone. Just then the stomping and hooting began, slow at first, and then building to a crescendo. The ground shook with every stomp. We all shared looks of shock and disbelief, and at that moment I experienced the worst fear of my life. I resigned myself to the fact that I would probably die soon, when the stomping and hooting finally stopped. I assumed the voice to be the male as it was deep and commanding. It barked some orders, and I thought they were now about to attack. Below us were the higher-pitched sounds of the females who responded to the orders. A few moments later, we heard huge splashes in the creek from upstream. Either they were throwing huge boulders into the creek or jumping into it. Their voices were excited now, like a party or celebration. Then it went silent maybe a minute or two later. We then heard the siren-like scream from the top of the canyon. I could feel it reverberate in my chest. I've had people try to convince me that these were just some people playing a prank on us. I always respond that there was no way a human can hike up that mountain that fast in pitch blackness. I also don't think anyone can scream that loud, even with amplification. Whatever made that noise was massive. It sounded like the cross between a lion and Tarzan, and it seemed to be proclaiming its dominance over the region. I was just relieved that I was still alive and that they had moved farther away. After a while, I lay down in my tent, I heard something walking outside and pulled my sleeping bag from my ears. My tentmate asked if I'd heard anything, but I was still in that this-can't-be-happening mode, so I replied nope. Just then the campfire went dark with the silhouette of the creature. I literally choked on my scream, petrified to make any noise. I could only watch the shadow as I was completely paralyzed. I remember its fingers groping the seam of the zipper and its breath pushing the tent fabric in and out. I can think, but my body couldn't move. I thought I should grab my camera, but was paralyzed with fear. I also remember getting the sensation that the creature knew I was aware of it and scared to death. I must have passed out from fear. I don't remember anything after that until I woke up at daybreak. I searched the area with a very new perspective that morning and found a hair that I've since misplaced. I also noticed the trail had deep impressions, but no clear tracks. Other than that, there was no trace of our encounter that night. I've never been shy about telling my story. I will always recount the episode when requested even in potentially skeptical audiences. I've never really worried about what people thought of my account. I know what I encountered, even if I didn't get a good look at the creatures. I've endured some ridicule, but I'm not afraid to stand up for what I believe, and all who challenge me go away assured that I'm speaking the truth. They may not believe it, but they all tell me they believe that what happened to me actually occurred. The thing that gets me sometimes is the sounds. Sometimes you'll just hear some animal, and it sounds like nothing you've ever heard before, and you can't imagine it being anything like any animal you've ever even heard of, that combined with pitch blackness of the woods can creep you the F out. Worst one was a couple months ago sitting under a tarp, because it was raining a bit, small fire going a bit away with no other light. Heard a sound with the rhythm you would expect from a bird, but with a deeper sound than any bird ever sound continues to repeat every couple seconds and slowly gets louder like it's getting closer. Then stops. Never heard it again, but those couple minutes until I convinced myself it was gone, I was creeped the F out no doubt. I'm really late to the thread, but one of the dads in my scout troop spent some time doing photography for National Geographic. He would hike out to remote places alone and take photos for a few days. Well, one time he was developing his photography and he saw a bunch of photos of him sleeping. He said he quit shortly after that. Growing up on a farm, I was well acquainted with the strict nature of my father. He was a man of unwavering principles and one rule he held steadfastly was to keep me away from the nearby forest. As a curious child, I often found myself yearning to explore the mysterious depths of those towering trees, but my father's warning echoed in my mind like an unyielding command. The reason behind his strictness was a story that haunted our farm, a story whispered among the locals. Bigfoot, an elusive creature, had been making appearances near our land, causing distress and wreaking havoc. Animals, it was said, had fallen victim to its voracious appetite. But my father, in his usual stern manner, provided no further details. He spoke of the incidents in vague terms, leaving the specifics of the stolen animals shrouded in uncertainty. It had been a year and a half since those mysterious encounters began, casting a shadow of fear and apprehension over our lives. The mere mention of Bigfoot sent shivers down my spine, And my father's protectiveness intensified as he sought to shield me from the perceived danger lurking in the forest depths yet as i grew older my curiosity mingled with a longing to unravel the truth behind the tales that swirled around us the forest beckoned to me its ancient trees whispering secrets that begged to be discovered despite my father's stern warnings i couldn't suppress the desire to challenge his restrictions and venture closer to the forbidden realm One fateful day, driven by a mix of fear and fascination, I made my way toward the edge of the forest. The air was heavy with anticipation, a palpable sense of the unknown that enveloped me. With each step, I felt my heart pounding in my chest, a symphony of excitement and trepidation echoing in my ears. As I neared the forest's boundary, a strange sensation washed over me, a mingling of awe and reverence. The canopy of trees above seemed to create a sanctuary of mystery, shielding the secrets within from prying eyes. It was within this ethereal space that Bigfoot had allegedly roamed, leaving a trail of uncertainty in its wake. Silently I pressed on, my senses attuned to every rustle and whisper in the undergrowth. The forest seemed to hold its breath, as if aware of my intrusion. The stolen animals lingered in my thoughts, their fate, and the purpose behind their abduction, a riddle yet to be solved. In the depths of the forest, time seemed to blur, the boundaries between reality and myth blending into one. My eyes darted from shadow to shadow, searching for any signs of Bigfoot's presence. Each snap of a twig sent my heart racing, my imagination conjuring images of the elusive creature lurking just out of sight. But as I ventured deeper into the forest's embrace, a realization began to take hold. The stories that had haunted our farm were nothing more than fragments of folklore woven into the fabric of our collective consciousness. The stolen animals, the fear that gripped us, all seemed to lose their hold on my mind. In that moment, standing amidst the tranquil beauty of nature, I understood the significance of my father's strictness. It was not solely driven by the fear of a mythical creature, but rather a father's love, an earnest attempt to shield his daughter from the dangers that lurked beyond our known world. Hunted near Feline Rescue Center and bow hunting one day, I saw a jaguar walking through the woods. It had escaped from the makeshift zoo this guy was running out of his house. I told him his cat was out in the woods. He denies it and said that it was still in the fence although he had a quarter of beef hanging on the outside of his fence trying to get it to come back. It was out for several weeks and other people in the area saw it as well. It was even a story in the local paper. Finally, he got it back into his fenced area. He has about 100 cats, lions, leopards, jags. He takes them in from closed zoos, circus, and anybody that had a cat as a pet and wants to get rid of it. You can Google it. Feline Rescue Center, Center Point, Indiana. My old friend's family has a vacation house on the Hood Canal of the Puget Sound. It is out in the wilderness with 70-plus acres of land. Only other residents are some cousins, friends, and the landlord. Anyways, me and my friend were driving his a TV through the forest. We looked over and saw a tall, black, humanoid creature running at the same speed as us, but we were going over 40 miles per hour, and by tall, I mean like 10 feet tall. It then started crawling, and then disappeared into the trees, and it wasn't just our imaginations, we both saw it. After some frantic driving, we eventually stopped and stepped off, listening to the forest, and we could hear heavy footsteps and branches cracking, and we returned to the ATV just to find that it ran out of fuel. We had to call his dad to pick us up in his truck, and we were luckily fine. I also learned from his dad a story that before the new house was built, an old cabin was there prior. Back in the 1950s, an old man lived there, and he was a lumberjack. He was a stereotypical, get-off-my-lawn, old, angry man one day some teens who lived in another house now where one of my friend's cousins has a house came to his property and when the man yelled at them to go home they mocked him this led the man to grab his shotgun and shoot at them and wound one of the kids in the hand he got put into jail but was released he then later disappeared out in the forest nobody knows where he went he either got crushed by a tree he cut down or something much worse happened to him out there My friend tells me stories all the time about things he sees out there. His own regular house back in the city is also haunted. It's a mansion built in 99, and even myself has experienced many wild things there. Like figures and voices, also his whole family tells how they hear things falling over upstairs when alone sometimes. It's been about 10 years ago now, but I was a college professor at a local university in my area. This was a college for an accelerated program. People were generally in cohorts that took one to three years to complete. Generally, classes met once a week for four hours. This specific class was during the winter months, so it was getting dark about the time this class started, and it ended at 11 p.m. There had never been anything peculiar happening when I would leave, and often I was the last one there because my class ended the latest. One night I had to stay and do grades for the end of the semester, and as I was walking to my car, I noticed a woman running towards me from the other side of the parking lot. I was already in my car by the time I noticed she was getting closer and closer to me, but I wasn't able to get the car started and drive away by the time she got to me. She closed the distance between us incredibly fast. She was yelling, but I couldn't understand what she was saying. She didn't have on much as it looked like she was wearing biker shorts that hit above the knee, a tight-fitting tank top, and flip-flops. It was an unseasonably warm January, but it still wasn't warm outside. I barely cracked the window so I could ask if she was okay. I would never have forgiven myself if I drove away, and she was actually in distress and needed help. She kept telling me that she needed a ride to the gas station. I was not letting her in my car. I told her I wasn't able to give her a ride. She then put her hand into the crack in the window, but it wasn't enough for her to get her whole hand in. I told her to leave and that I was driving off. She did stood in front of my car with her hands on the hood and was refusing to let me drive. I was genuinely concerned that maybe someone was after her, but I started to get very uncomfortable and got a very eerie feeling about this point in the interaction. She started telling me that she just needed cigarettes and didn't understand why I couldn't give her a ride. I told her I was unable to do that and that I was going to call the police and I was going to drive away. I'm not exactly sure how I maneuvered my car and I was able to reverse from where she was standing and then I was able to make a very fast u turn and leave the parking lot. I did call the police department and reported this entire situation, but I'm sure the woman was gone by the time the police arrived. Every now and then I find myself thinking back to this night and trying to understand what was actually happening. Was she trying to rob me? Was she actually in danger? It's like she came out of nowhere from the woods behind campus. It's always bothered me. I'm grateful that I'm safe but it was just such a strange, unexpected interaction that left me very creeped out. I've got something pretty freaky. Last summer in Alaska, a buddy of mine was on a fly fishing trip. He is one of my good friends, very honest, big conservationist and sort of innocent in his demeanor. He wouldn't hurt a fly, just an all around great guy Anyway, he is camping in the back country as he is rafting his way down the river back to town. On his raft and camping with him were two girls and one other guy. So one night on this trip, they're camping and hanging out at the fire and pretty close to going to sleep. So they are working on putting the fire out. At this point, everyone at camp saw the silhouette of a stocky man and a dog. From what my friend says, this man starts mumbling at them and they can't tell what he's saying. He is about 20 feet away from my buddy and his campmates. My friend and the other guy go to confront him. He seemed like he was in a panic, and my friend said there was definitely something wrong with him mentally. He starts talking about how he is a messenger from God and how he had the solution. No one knew what he was talking about. He ends up walking his way back to the campsite to the dismay of the group. The girls are obviously freaked out and scared and told my friend he needed to leave. Something about him just felt wrong and troublesome. My friend said his dog was nice, but again, this stranger starts talking about how he is a disciple from God. Then he pulled out a gaming laptop and started showing my friend some code he wrote, but didn't pay too much attention to. He mentioned to me that the stranger isn't aggressive, just off-putting. It's worth noting, he only had a small backpack and no serious outdoor gear. He told my friend that he wanders the woods and occasionally heads into town. So eventually, they convince him to leave camp, telling the stranger they were going to bed. He agrees to leave. But three hours later, they hear something outside the tent that sounds like a man yelling, yahoo and they come outside to find the campfire roaring again. The whole group stayed up the rest of the night with their bare spray, and continued the camping trip downstream the next morning. Every time my friend has told me this story, he is visibly disturbed. My friend still wonders what he was doing out there with only a dog, no gear and miles into the woods. My boyfriend and I frequently go camping together. The summer of 2016 was when this encounter took place. We had set up camp in a little site along a trucking road. It was about 40 minutes outside of a smaller town in the area, and only had two campsites in this location. We chose the first site, which had a bit of a dirt hill to drive down, but the actual site was shaped into a circle. The other site was within view, but far enough away, and surrounded by enough trees that you couldn't really see people in it, only tents and RVs. We noticed that the other site had an RV in it, but it's a relatively common spot, and it was a weekend, so this was common. When the sun went down, we were sitting around the fire, probably around 11 p.m. when we hear some ATVS in the distance. This is a little weird because typically people ride them during the day, but not really concerning. However, then we see the headlights get closer and closer to a TVS drive into our site, And at this point, we're a little creeped out because it's pitch black. We're all alone and in a no-service area. Two men get off the ATVS and walk towards us. I should mention that my boyfriend and I were 19 and 20 at the time, and these men are big. They come up and try holding just casual conversation, talking about how they're at the site beside us and wanted to introduce themselves. This is still a little concerning, as who introduces themselves this late at night. They continue to talk to us for probably 20 minutes before my boyfriend starts saying how we're running out of firewood and probably going to head to bed soon in an effort to get them to leave. They then start talking about how Thale bring their own firewood over and bring us some drinks. We try saying we're really tired, but they insist and leave the site. So my boyfriend and I quickly start trying to pack up the site and make it seem as though we really did go to bed. We did hear the ATVs later on that night, passing by our site, but we didn't get out of our tent to check. Overall, it seems really mild, but it really freaked us out just being alone in the woods with these two bigger men. The whole situation was just really off. This incident occurred in Ozona, Texas, in the summer of 2015. I had been on the phone with my ex-boyfriend, but I had fallen asleep. Then I suddenly woke up because I could hear my ex-boyfriend saying, Baby, please, don't do this. I believed that I had broken up with him while I was asleep talking to him. Anyway, he was telling me I was saying ugly things to him. In the middle of our conversation, I hear wings flapping and see a large shadow stop at my window. The first thing that runs through my mind is La Lechuza. I tell my ex not to hang up, but not to say anything. I'm scared, and I don't explain anything to him. Then all of a sudden, the shadow disappears. I then start telling my ex what happened, when from the ceiling of my room, I hear this horrible laugh and scratching. Then I try to yell, and nothing comes out. I am frozen scared. I try to yell, I try to get up, but I can't. Somehow I finally jump off my bed and run across to where my cousin and her daughters are asleep. I try to wake up my cousin so I touch her and she opens her eyes. I said, there's a lechuza. But she didn't understand me. She said, what? Pretty loud. The girls woke up and right, then it's right above my cousin's room. The girls start to cry. I'm starting to freak the heck out. We don't know what to do. My cousin and I decide to call the cops and tell them that we saw someone looking in the window. I mean, what would they think if we said, we need an officer to rid us of this lechusa? Anyway, we call them and I swear the scratching, laughing and thuds are loud and getting louder. We wait and literally seconds before we see the spotlight from the cops outside, it stops. The cop arrives, but they soon leave. About 10 minutes after he leaves, it comes back. We run to the car and decide to leave. That was the last day I lived with my cousin.